Liebe 59-Sekunden-Wissenschaftler, jetzt kommt hier die Drei-Jahre-Wissenschaft. <lacht> And, and also we promised to do this in English, that was Shirley's idea. So, uh, people are leaving. That's a good idea, because the end is near. Uh, I wanted to say that with a lot of gravity. The end is near. Um, at least when you listen to uh, people we all heard uh, talk in the last time. For instance, uh, Elon Musk, you know, the guy who's smart enough to run a company to produce a wonderful car and another company to shoot the car into space and still has the time to find a funny name for his drilling company. So he says, mark my words, AI is far worse than nukes. That's what he said. Um, and in Germany, we're a bit more complicated. Our chief philosopher, Richard David Precht, wrote a whole book about how AI is more or less leading to the end, how it leads to mass unemployment. And I don't know how funny the atmosphere is here. Okay, this is more, this is less VDR, more uh, employment market. So, uh, well, m lots of unemployed Germans have bad ideas, so we don't want that. Let's just keep it there from the last century. And, um, and if you want to see how the world comes to an end, you can see it in Netflix's last uh, season of Star Trek, so that's uh, in great detail. So uh, lots of people are saying the end is near and uh, the, the end of employment is also coming. And we have people, actually uh, they are at uh, Republica also in Hall 2, smart people who are paid to make sure that we do have work and that we have good work for the people here in Germany. As, uh, for instance, in the uh, Federal Ministry for Labor. And, and when they hear something like this, They are, you know, they are jumping from their seats and they say, we have to do something about this, obviously, because that's their job. And um, so my question is, maybe if we define AI in the workplace, having AI in the workplace, somewhere like doing something on a regular basis where machine learning plays a critical role, or just very briefly, like, I'm, it might destroy my next point, but I'll try it nevertheless. Who here in the audience is working with AI in your day jobs. So that's one hand, two hands. Ah, okay, three, four. So, okay, this is, this is the forefront of uh, digital Germany, so it's safe to say that not so many. And that's what the, the Federal uh, Ministry of Labor people's problem was, that they, they looked out of the window for the nearing end to find it, And they couldn't find so many cracks of the rupture that showed up already. So that's why they went into uh, three-year visitors. Oh, okay, the end is near, yes. No, it's not working. So if any of the technical people would like to show my nice slide of a guy proclaiming the end of the world. Yeah, one more. Okay, that's it. Not so important. The end is near. Well, not so near, we don't know. Now we have to negotiate between the apostles of doom and the people in the Ministry of Labor what it will look like when the world is coming to an end and if the world is actually coming into, to an end. And um, us, that's Shirley and me, Hendrik, from uh, Humboldt Institute for Internet and Society, um, have a project going. This is totally research in progress. It should have started in January. It started in May. So, uh, yes, research in progress. And it's a 
real invitation, especially to those four hands that showed up, to please come and talk to us because it's our job now to collect cases of people actually working with AI in um, their daily jobs and looking at what this does to the work at desk level, at the actual people's jobs. So um, we, we're going to present to you a couple of cases and findings that we found uh, thus far in the case. And we've um, ordered them maybe on a magnitude of um, lots of impact, not so much impact, and lots of discussion room and not so much discussion room. Here's the first case. So. Um, what, what do I know? Ah, right, knowledge management. So, knowledge management is super important for firms of every size. And it's probably safe to say the larger your firm is, the more important is knowledge management. Why? Because let's think of a, a manager in, on some continent working on some kind of problem. And she might have access to what her colleagues know on a different continent six months earlier what they have known in the very same kind of project. But to, to, to be able to have this information, she must know that there is information on this topic and where I could get it from. You know, we have digital infrastructure since the 80s, so we can send information from one place of the earth to the other. That's no problem. Firms are very constantly failing at getting knowledge management to work probably because it's a wicked problem. What are wicked problems? Wicked problems are large problems that are hard to define with many stakeholders and that start to change as soon as we touch one of the parts of the problem and try to change that. So now we've been talking to a large German corporation who has just the same problem. They want to get knowledge management going. They want to have a machine that will spit out what they want to know wherever they are on the globe. And along comes a, uh, an American supplier who has famously solved jeopardy. This, this picture here is from the year 2011 and, and I do like uh, the colors of the shirts and also how the people applaud their new overlord after uh, uh, the, the overlord has won uh, Jeopardy against them. The big difference, though, is that Jeopardy is a game where we need common knowledge that is very well documented on endless pages of Wikipedia that are quite nicely structured, not always, but nicely interlinked and so forth, and where we can always find secondary data, too. Whereas company information, for those who have worked with this, is chronically ill-structured, idiosyncratic, people are using different names and, and usually they don't document a lot at all. So what's the unexpected, expect the unexpected outcome out of this? Well, the project totally failed, everybody um, you know, uh, had to go back to their places, it didn't work for German uh, hospitals working with the same company to solve cancer. It's well documented in the German news that the same kind of uh, failure happened, it just doesn't work. Probably because machine learning works well when we have a fixed playground with fixed rules and an outcome that we can judge very well whether it's successful or not. In knowledge management it's hard to know whether uh, the information is actually the best information we can have. So uh, what can we do here? Well, uh, for the federal ministry people it's easy because it's, there's not much happening in the uh, workplace, nothing to do here. Uh, for the fatalist people among you, if you get a wicked problem from your employer you have to work on, maybe just buy AI because then you get lots of company money to spend and if you go away in the end it's, it's not so bad. But, of course, uh, that's not all. We, we have talked to people who have been working on a totally different problem. 
Um, online advertising, actually. We did a couple of interviews with uh, agencies who do online advertising. And part of online advertising is bid management. So online, a lot of online advertising works so that we um, have to bid on search terms for very, very specific goods and thousands of these. So for instance, light green plastic sword or something. And because there is a competition going on with our competitors who also want to bid for the same words, we have to look all the time whether we're spending too much or not enough. And this is highly repetitive. The rules are really set fixed and the outcome is quite clear because either people are clicking or they're clicking, they're not clicking. So this leads to people all over Germany and the world sitting in online agencies and other places and going through endless terrible Excel sheets of bid management and checking whether their bids were going well this week or next week. Now Google is starting to use machine learning to automate part of this process and also the bid management. And we were talking to people who are using the new services by Google who are using automated bid management. They were quite happy because um, they don't have to use, they don't have to do this terrible repetitive work. And also all of them, that might be a specific case, had enough of other work such as discussing with the client whether it makes sense to sell light green plastic sorts when you are a pet food supplier or something, or uh, what your whole advertising strategy can be. So one of the things, of course, that um, in this case comes to mind is the question, if we automate something now, can we see that we use the free slack time that we have won to work on something that actually generates value? So um, what's happening here? I think that it's the exact opposite of the case I presented before because there is high repetition, very clear playground, very clear rules and lots of cases. We have millions of data points to choose from every single day. That's why this works wonderfully. And, but at the same time, this is so and this leads to the, 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 the task at hand being automated very, very well, it's, it's, it's not all of what these people doing in their work. I, I don't have a percentage of how much of their work this takes up, but it's overseeable. They have enough uh, different things to do in this case. So for companies who are thinking about whether they should do this or not, I think the outcome is actually quite simple. It's a bit like buying photocopiers 100 years ago. We had people typing in the copies. Um, it, it's, uh, it's, a hard, it's a tough sell on the internet when we can automate something to say we're not going to automate it. Um, it reminds us of Yahoo betting that manually created lists of the internet are better than something Google will spit up that didn't go so well for Yahoo and probably in most cases it won't go so well. For us, um, this case is interesting probably because uh, of two things. One of the things is that it does free up time of people who are working uh, uh, on different tasks. And the question is whether the people are able to take their time to work on more valuable things, more valuable to them, to the employer and uh, their clients maybe. And also, um, um, well, I had a second point. Ah, right. Uh, this is probably what we're seeing here is what innovation managers call a fermentation phase. So this technology is new. Firms are experimenting with it all the time. We're bringing up the, the interface, it's changing all the time. And the people we were talking to were very frank and brief about one necessity in their jobs, and that is when they hire people, they tell them, your job is going to change all the time, and you are going to need to adapt 
to whatever interface we're using. And if you don't like that, you might as well leave the room right away. And I think that is truly new. That is something that probably only is so in the fermentation phase. And once the technology is commodified, we, we come into a more stable region. But for now, it will be very interesting, of course, to think about how we can manage and see to so much um, organizational learning going on. So, business owner, you probably have to do this. Uh, unexpected here for the journalists in the room, uh, where AI is happening in this case, it's, it's not very exciting and it's not so much about the end. So those were two cases where AI will probably happen. There's little discussion room. One, because uh, it, it's just not happening. And the second one, because it's very... Uh, it's a simple point, and now Shirley will talk about two cases where there's more room for discussion. Thank you, Hendrik. Can you all hear me well? Yeah? Cool. So, in contrast to the examples just presented, we also observe potentials for the influence for workers themselves to actually have an influence on what is happening. In our research, we want to take a closer look on this phenomenon. We ask ourselves, how do AI applications change the structures and roles within organizations? How do companies, employees, and works councils perceive these changes, and how do they respond to them? And lately, what are the promises and intentions in the use of AI in organizations, and what are potential lines of conflicts, problems, strategies, and also approaches to solutions? One potential reaction that we observe is the good old resistance to change. As we know, since the 70s and 18s, resistance to change within organizations is a huge obstacle for the successful implementation of a technology within organizations. <laughs> Thanks. <clears throat> and we actually also observe similar things and trends in the context of AI. We talked to a couple of industry um, experts and consultants who have been all over Germany consulting products on the implementation of AI, enhancing the workflows. For example, the latest advances in speech recognition, word processing, simultaneous translation, automated creation of complex standard texts, or legal research provide many powerful tools for workers in the office with AI. While working in these companies, the experts are often very surprised how the CEOs themselves are actually not really sure what they want and what they need, and if both of those things actually match with each other. So the job of the consultant is actually to find out what the people want, what they need, and how to kind of get that on a technical level. After concentrating on the technical solution then, in the end, they often see that the rather bigger implications are on a people issues level. So organizations often ask themselves how humans and machines can interact within working environments. Some of our interview partners speak of frustration when they say that there is little to no openness to any technological innovation. There was one specific example I thought was really interesting, where one expert told us that she consulted in a call center where AI was employed to empower customer service experience along with the sales-driven capabilities. The workers were supported in their decision-making in one task in the sales conversations on the phone. The company invested a lot of time and money in the tool, however, the call center employees themselves rejected it, justifying, we already have so many technical systems we have to work on at the same time, we can't do anymore. What do we learn from this case? <clears throat> Even in a precarious work situation like a call center, workers still have the power to resist by denying the use of a technology. 
organizations are somehow ready for the technical implications as they have collected huge amounts of data over a longer period of time. However, less organizations are ready for the people implications. <coughs> Still, the employee strategy, resist to change, is very commonly spread, and many academics have done work on why IT implementations fail in companies. Reasons are workers that just simply game the system, resist to learn, and use workarounds to not use the technology at all, especially when the technology acceptance rate is rather low. However, this resistance can be a reaction to change, but there are also many alternative strategies that we observed. One very interesting phenomenon we are seeing is people-driven innovation in the context of AI. Why not become the innovator myself and come across a potential field of application of AI in my own workflow? Then the machine can overtake all the annoying tasks and I can do all the fun stuff, right? We've actually seen two cases in two financial service companies where this happened and where now, with the help of desktop automation, bots are assisting the office workers to scan documents, to identify handwritten data, and to insert these informations in the concern system. But how did the workers empower themselves to do so in the first place? Well, in one of the cases, the workers themselves invited external experts to teach them on how to do so and appropriated the skills themselves. This form of participatory co-design becomes more and more popular these days. In the other case, workers themselves transformed their own task by teaching themselves the actual skills through open sources like online platforms, tested them and convinced the management in the end to implement the process broadly. Of course, this expects the workers first to be self-driven and also innovation willing in the first place. Well, however, both cases are also from rather bigger companies that have the resources to do so. However, this unique selling point for this approach is further the expertise and domain knowledge of humans that is very insightful for the technological deployment. If not known, how the work process actually looks like in detail in a specific context and domain, then developing a technology that is aimed to support the specific process is rather a very huge challenge. Most workers know their workflows the best and are the perfect experts to find an optimization idea. So why not actually entitle the workers themselves to be the change managers? Change managers. <clears throat> we want to discuss with you, what do you guys think? Why don't you just become the change manager yourself? When the implementation of AI may affect you personally, you might want to develop your own strategy. We suggest you to think about, your first, about yourself first. How can I take the human back into the loop? What do I actually want to do at work? How should that look like in the next years? What do I love to do? What do I rather dislike? And how could that look in detail in the future? When you're done answering that question, then in a second step, you can ask yourself how technology can help you to support you in that sense, for example, with artificial intelligence or machine learning. To sum it up, we have observed a range of reaction when it comes to AI at the workplace. Through our social science-oriented research, we are gaining an alternative perspective on this new way of working in which humans and machines are rather cooperating colleagues than competitors. We're looking very forward to discuss with you. Thank you. Yeah.